Heard at Sports Radio every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. On Thursday's show, we'll have staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman. We'll talk the odds with our Vegas insider, Brian Edwards. Catch it up with senior writer for Huskers 24-7, Michael Brunts, and Nebraska women's basketball head coach, Amy Williams. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports. Heard at Sports Radio with Ravi Lula and Damon Benning. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Back to you, Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Evan Bland with us, and we're going to do some work here with Evan, talking Nebraska, the, the uh, post-practice session with the coordinators, and uh, also uh, Jeff Sims. But, Evan, we, we've got some input from the listeners' email and, and on the stream when it comes to if they've – ever really had a positive positive experience in boulder before you put your media hat on evan did you ever go out to boulder uh, as a nebraska guy i did i went out to the restore the order game back in uh in 05 uh-huh. and and yeah i was a student actually at nebraska at that time and uh the huskers were big underdogs and they win that thing 30 to three. And yeah, I mean, the, you know, the, the players were wearing the restore the order shirts beforehand and, uh, everyone kind of expected either a blowout or a close game, but not a lopsided Nebraska win. And that was one of those big moments in the Bill Callahan era. That's always the one that comes to mind for me. Well, that one was, and you've got the unison, uh, attempted, uh, recycling where, Every waddle bottle or bottle or makeshift bong was was thrown onto the sideline, and uh, away you went. <laughs> After the third quarter, the student section got totally ejected. Yep. I was in the stands with uh, with my dad, my brother, cousin Dino. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I mean that's almost twenty years ago. It's crazy. Yeah, that's that is crazy. And and you know, I went uh, when I was in college with the student paper in '07. You know, when they they lost a big, uh, you know, high-scoring game there as well. What I'll say, honestly, like, the Colorado fans certainly have earned their reputation. My Personally, I never had any bad experiences with a color with a Colorado fan. For me, it was the Missouri fans that were boorish. When when Nebraska went there and I, I would travel out there a couple of different times, like, it just was not a great experience. And maybe it's because those games were at night mm-hmm. and the Colorado games were not. I don't know. But uh, just personally, I would put Missouri fan, uh, you know, at the top of that list of places I wouldn't want to go. They abducted and tried to deflate Little Red, rumor has it. <laughs> you can't deflate Little Red. You just can't do it. If he gets That's a shiv to the ribs, you can. Mm. Mm, that's one way to deflate them, huh? They, they tried. Well, Evan, you, before we uh, before we switch gears here, I want to get your thoughts on just what the environment will be like this year in Boulder. We had the sea of red in 2019 come and invade, and 
with the amount of hype in Boulder this year, I'm not sure it's going to look just like that. But but what do you think that environment is going to be like? How many Husker fans make the trip, and what's the, the danger level from Husker fans with it being a while since there's been a, a game of this magnitude between Nebraska and Colorado and Boulder? Do you think the fans are going to go back to their old nasty ways? Do you think this one might be a little more civil? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. Like, you know, Nebraska had their encounter with Colorado in 18 and 19, and I don't – I don't know that that was particularly well received. I mean, obviously the the Adrian Martinez uh, knee twist in '18 really reignited some hate, and then you've got uh, that 2019 game, which was a really bizarre finish. The way that it ended in overtime, and and I'll never forget, uh, you know, the the Nebraska section, the visitor section at Folsom Field. Uh, I mean, fans were just stunned, and these fans that were on the field, Colorado fans. Uh, you know, we're 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 really rubbing it in 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 ways that were maybe not you know super family friendly, and so like <laughs> I, I think it does sort of um, you know arouse some old feelings in a lot of a lot of fans of a certain age for sure, and you know uh, it, it does seem like maybe the players on both sides are sort of getting into it this week too. I mean, Shadur Sanders at Colorado was saying, yeah, we don't we don't like Nebraska, and you've got Omar Brown, uh, you know, the Husker safety saying. You know, this is the game. This is kind of the one that they've been circling. So, you know, the, the, the Big 12, Big 8 days are in the past. There are a lot of great stories at this point. Uh, the, most of the participants on either side know about this rivalry through, uh, you know, history books or anecdotes or things like that. Um, but, you know, to, to the fan base, it absolutely does mean something. And that 2019 game, uh, the moment that I always remember from that game was the Maurice Washington 80-yard touchdown run after a catch and just the roar in that stadium that did feel like it was more Husker fans than Buffalo fans. Uh, it just it was, it was something that has kind of stuck with me. And so you, you kind of combine the passion of that fan base that I think will be back with the excitement that Coach Prime has generated on the other side, and it's really going to make for an interesting spectacle, even though it's a 10 a.m. local time kick. So two emails, Evan, then I want your response on one from, from Jay Bird. Uh, Jay got connected with John Elway in 1995, I believe. So Elway got him onto the sidelines. Elway didn't let him buy a drink all day. Uh, and you had um, uh, a, a lot more stories Jaybird can get into, but there was a fight that the police broke up, started cuffing people. They put him down head first into the snow until they could haul him away. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're keeping their cores cold or something. <laughs> so yeah. the Elway part was was remarkable from Jay. That's that's a great story. I mean, and I'm a I'm actually a Broncos fan too. So it's it's that's that's cool to see that that's the case. And you know, back then, I don't think Colorado does this anymore. But in the press box, they would hand out cores to writers after the game. Uh, they'd have their SID would come down with like a you know 24 pack of whatever, and they'd hand it out. And you know, game stories uh, flowed just a little bit quicker back then. So it's a it's a unique place. For sure, I know the, the 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 stands, the press box, the sidelines—they're all going to be rocking this week. Not just with both fan bases too, but you know, as, as we all know, like this has got national attention with with what Deion Sanders has been doing with the rivalry. Um, a lot of eyes are going to be on this thing, and so who knows? Maybe we'll see some other 
um, you know, stories turn into legend, similar to, uh, you know, the one that Jaybird just shared. What's the story going to be Jeff Sims come 3 o'clock Central Time Saturday? Well, I mean, he spoke today <clears throat> to uh, to reporters for about five minutes, and this was he seemed like a guy who was locked in and wasn't really interested in dwelling on what had happened. I think he had put those three picks against Minnesota behind him. He did his film study and, uh, you know, has, has gotten the advice that he's been looking for from coaches. And so, you know, you would think that uh, he'll find a way to, to bounce back. I think Colorado's defense, the challenge there is different from – Minnesota's defense, uh, they're going to take some more chances. They, um, you know, one of their better safeties is out, Miles Slusher. Nebraska fans may remember him from uh, as a former uh, recruiting target. But it, it seems like this is a week where he can, um, you know, pr- maybe make some hay as a runner. I mean, you saw what TCU did against Colorado defensively. They averaged seven yards a pop just carrying the football. So I would think Jeff Sims, if nothing else, you'll see him make some plays with his legs and, uh, for Nebraska's sake, you would think uh, this is this is a week, man, where you got to run that ball 40, 45, 50 times, lean on your running backs, and uh, maybe shorten this game and pound that defensive line for Colorado that really has not proven itself just yet. I've been filling the blank here. Maybe we're, we're too far out from this, but I want to get your thoughts. Nebraska wins the game if dot, dot, dot. Well, I mean, beyond sort of the obvious, which would be turnovers and, and, and things like that, I, I think the path to Nebraska winning the game is pounding the ball at Colorado. Like, again, TCU, in my opinion, got caught up in sort of a seven-on-seven competition in the second half when they had a, a path to moving the ball, and they, they kind of went away from that. And Colorado's skilled players are too good for you to get caught up in doing something like that. And, and, and clearly that's the case, I think, with Nebraska, with its injuries at receiver and a lot of unproven talent that they have there. Like, this is a week you, you got to lean on that O-line against a team that has not stopped the run. So I think if Nebraska runs the ball, you know, 45, 50 times, uh, you spread that wealth between Gabe Irvin and Anthony Grant, Ramir Johnson, Jeff Sims, I think that's how you win the game for if you're Nebraska. You shorten things, you, you give Colorado fewer possessions, and you attack what's been a weakness for them. Evan Bland with us from the Omaha World Herald. He's going to be out in Boulder. Uh, we head that way tomorrow at Evan Bland, O-W-H, on Twitter's where you follow Evan. You read him, Omaha.com. So, Evan, we've, we've kind of hit on story time. We've hit on a couple of the keys <laughs> slash storylines. So, Let's talk uh, big picture here. I know Matt Rule talked about being an incrementalist, but this is really a a fabulous opportunity, isn't it, for Nebraska, not only to to even the record and and get some momentum, but also take some momentum away because, hey, Nebraska will get the spotlight that they've wanted to get back to put on them if they pull off this win – this weekend, I mean, there's a bigger picture clearly for for Nebraska and Rule in year one, but short term, I mean, it would be the shot in the arm. I think the fan base needs right now. Yeah, for sure, and I mean, there's no doubt that going into this week, Nebraska is sort of the subplot of this game. After what uh, Coach Prime and and the Buffs did, like Nebraska can reinsert itself into the national attention and, and consciousness pretty quickly. Uh, if they're able to, to come out and do their thing. And, you know, the, there's there's the streak that everyone's aware of. It's uh, You've lost your last 21 games against ranked competition. 
Uh, you've lost. It's been more than a decade, 2011 at Penn State, since they've won against the top 25 team on the road. So you can end a couple long streaks. Um, and, and that's really like what Nebraska fans have been looking for for a while. Is like, what? how about some signs of, of progress or signs that this can be something different? And I think we saw that to a degree against Minnesota when you talk about uh, how they possess the ball a little bit better, about some of the depth that they have on defense. Like, you, you saw steps forward that they took. I think they... Uh, they competed at the line of scrimmage both ways, uh, you know, notably better and tougher than they have in the past. But there still has not been that signature win, that moment where, you know, you as a fan could say, yeah, where, where were you when Nebraska beat whomever? I mean, it's, it's been seven years, 2016 against Oregon, since Nebraska can, can really uh, claim one of those victories that, that – that has left fans partying into the night. And so I think this is that opportunity, not just because they're ranked, but because, uh, again, of the rivalry of who the head coach is on the other side, because uh, of the excitement that Matt Rule generated in the offseason. I think all that comes together. And if, if you win a game like that, you know, you look at, at college football history, like momentum can snowball and, and you find that belief and things can really take off from there. Uh, and if you don't, then it's a couple home weekends against you know a group of five opponents before Michigan comes to town, and it's sort of another few weeks of figuring out you know where's the development coming from or where's that next step coming from. So no doubt it's a really uh, big weekend for Nebraska. A lot of eyeballs are on this thing, and they can turn the perception of how things are going early in the Matt Rule era uh, with one positive outcome. Evan, does a, a loss against Colorado change your expectations for the year or, or change what a successful season would be in the remaining 10 games? Does that change at all if Nebraska can't get it done on Saturday? Uh, I, don't, I don't think so, but unless it's really ugly, um, you know, where, where things fall apart and then they fall back into mental mistakes and, and self-inflicted wounds and things like that. Like, you know, I, I think about uh, kind of what we talked about before where Matt Rule has said he doesn't really care how he starts, but how, how you finish in the fourth quarter. And I think that's true for the season at large, too. If you start, even if you start 0-2, uh, but you finish the back half of the season strong, and I think the schedule sets up that way where Nebraska could do that, and you go to a bowl game, then there's still going to be excitement. There's going to be momentum into the off season. There's going to be a sense of progression. So I don't think this is... Uh, an end-all, be-all sort of situation. But I do think, again, it's a huge opportunity early to build some excitement, build some momentum uh, as you head into you know, the, the home portion of the schedule here coming up. Evan, about 90 seconds, uh, a thought from you uh, when we talk about that momentum and specifically uh, Nebraska uh, and, and Satterfield. How did he seem? What's kind of the message he gave after practice? Uh, you know, he was, I think, pretty much how he's been uh, when we chatted with him during fall camp. Uh, you know, and 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 he kind of laid it out a little bit, saying that you know this is a week where you are going to have to establish the run, where you, that offensive line is going to have to uh, hold up, and and where Jeff Sims and company are are going to be asked to you know move a pile occasionally and, and and generate those extra yards and chew up some clock. I think they understand, uh, you know, the, the idea of, of complementary football really feels like it comes into play this week where, again, you don't want to give Travis Hunter and Shadur Sanders and, uh, you know, Dylan Edwards and down the list, you don't want to give those guys 90 plays uh, with which to hurt you. So I think they understand 
the task at hand. I think uh, there's uh, a steady belief that Jeff Sims can bounce back from a rough debut with those three interceptions. Um, and, and we'll just see. You know, again, the challenge for them has been to focus on football and to take their take the focus off all the other stuff, um, you know, Dion versus Matt Rule and the national attention and all that and just play football. Uh, and it does feel like they've been able to do that to this point. We'll see how that translates on game day. Evan, we will see you Saturday. Thanks for a few minutes today, bud. Thanks, guys. There he is, Evan Bland with the Omaha World Herald. Good to spend time with him, get his perspective, and, of course, post-practice thoughts, maybe squeeze in a phone call. We're about five minutes away. Jason Peter will join us. Blackshirt legend, uh, get his take on how Nebraska has fared so far despite the 0-1. And, of course, uh, Nebraska-Colorado, a... uh, signature moment with a lot of Nebraska fans. More of your stories we'll get to with uh, your experiences in Boulder. Have you had a positive one? Well, Jaybird did, thanks to John Elway and Coors Original. Uh, There's some more emails that do say yes, there's been a great time in Boulder. It was after a win. Does that happen Saturday? We'll get Jason Peters' thoughts. Double nickels next. Tale Varsity continues. Heard at Sports Radio, every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. On Thursday's show, we'll have staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman. We'll talk the odds with our Vegas insider, Brian Edwards. Catch it up with senior writer for Huskers 24-7, Michael Brunts, and Nebraska women's basketball head coach, Amy Williams. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports. Heard at Sports Radio with Ravi Lula and Damon Benning.